Welcome to the teaching ministry of The Cause Church. We pray you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So we're going to talk about Solid Foundation today. We'll, we'll, I'll be moving the Home Improvement series forward. We'll talk about Solid Foundation. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 7. That's where we'll start here this, this morning. We'll, we'll be in uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. So as you're turning there, I wanted to once again wish all the moms and hope you had a great Mother's Day last week. I hope you were honored and blessed uh, by your families. Uh, I, my, I bought my mom and my wife, I bought them some flowers. Uh, so for Mother's Day to honor them, uh, you could see a picture of, they'll put it up of what the flowers look like on the advertisement, the website. Then I want to show you, look at the picture of how they came for Elizabeth, right? They like completely like, yeah, they're in a box that says this side up and it's like the delivery person decided to put it in a washing machine and kick it and roll it. I don't know what happened, but then you could see how we kind of salvaged the flowers. You could see that as well. So turned out okay. You know, my wife is so gracious. She, she texted me when they arrived with the image that you saw. She said, hey, thank you so much for the flowers. You might want to connect with them and ask them if they can take care of this, fix it, because their delivery was not very good. So yeah, so we, we, we were able to salvage it, right? So it's okay. It's fine. Uh, you know, it wasn't just the thought that count, counted. She got the flowers. We just had to fix them a little bit, right? Yeah, so it's fun. So if you're joining online, you, you, don't, you don't see what we see at church. But for those of you who are here, you, as you're pulling up, you saw that we are under construction. So our beyond 18-month campaign that started in November of 2019 is actually spiritual growth and stewardship campaign is actually ending. But our construction is just beginning. So we're pretty excited about that. I think they're showing some pictures of it. So outside, we have the green fence where the contractor is able to store some stuff. Upstairs is completely being uh, demoed and cleared out, paving the way for the work that's going to happen, the construction that'll happen up there, which is really creating a great youth room up there. We're adding an elevator. Our kids' ministry is going to be transformed. Uh, the auditorium, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really cool. It's going to be a great kids' area. In the sanctuary, you're already seeing some of those improvements. We have the screens on the sides that are really good. They're blinding, right? They're, they're only at 50% of their their illumination, if we put in them at 100%, you guys would go blind. So especially with how white I am, so they're, they're just scaled down, but they're, they're amazing. So we want to have a facility where the ministry can flow easily and work well. So we do these improvements because we see this as opportunities or places where we can better connect with people and better communicate with people the gospel, the good news of who Jesus is, and we can create opportunities uh, for, and let God work in their life and see lives changed and lives transformed. Amen? So that's why we do it. We're excited about it. You'll, you'll be able to see the updates. We'll tell you about it as we're working through it. We, we're hoping about four months in the project will be pretty close to done. So yeah, maybe by early September is what we're hoping. So we're, Pastor Chris, by the way, is the one he's working and spearheading so much of, of it. So when you see him, just let him know you appreciate him. You'll continue to see some improvements in the sanctuary as well. So, but yeah, Pastor Chris has been awesome with that. So tell him thank you. So we'll talk about, uh, continue the home improvement. I'm going to talk about a solid foundation. And as we do that, I want to look at the words that Jesus shared at the end of the Sermon on the Mount when he talks about the wise and foolish builders. This is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. 
Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Proverbs 18, 15 says, intelligent people are always ready to listen, are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. I'm glad I'm with a bunch of intelligent people here this afternoon. The two principles that I'll talk about here today are our work is in listening to God, his work is in speaking, our work is in obeying, and his work is in transforming. Let's pray together here this morning. Lord, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives, Father. We thank you for the transformation that you are at work within us, Father. Continue to do it, God, until the day of completion, Father. We want to have open ears, open hearts, God, to hear, to receive, God, anything that you have in store for us. Speak through me. In your son's name I pray. Amen. Amen. In the Bible, especially in the book of Proverbs, when it talks about a house being built, it's, also, it's typically synonymous with a life being built, right? And Jesus is doing the same thing here in this passage. So building a house is really more reflective of building a life. Proverbs 24 verses 3 and 4 say, a house is built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with all sorts of precious riches and valuables. Our life is built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. Knowledge makes our house, our life, it fills it with precious riches and valuables. That's not necessarily physical things, right? Because when our life ends, we aren't taking the physical things with us. Really, those precious valuables and riches are, are what God does in our life, and especially in connection with relationships we have with people, which I think are one of the most important and impacting gifts we get. So today as I talk, I hope to be used by God as we look to do some home improvement by building the house of our life on a solid foundation. The final words of Jesus on, from the Sermon on the Mount are found here in this passage, right? It's the exclamation point to all that he had said before on the Sermon on the Mount, which is a great place to go back and read and reflect upon what, what Jesus said there because it contains some key things and how we can pray. It talks about who is blessed. It talks about a lot of different things, but the ending is the exclamation point on it, the very firm contrast between the two builders, a wise builder and a foolish builder, right? Proverbs, again, going back to the book of Proverbs, really contrasts building a life as a wise person or upon wisdom or as a fool or on foolish things. It's a great place if you want to just learn how to build a life based on wisdom. Go to Proverbs. Read a proverb, a chapter of Proverbs every day. And as you do, it'll help you learn how to build a wise life. Jesus contrasts those two builders, a wise and foolish builder. He contrasts the two foundation. One is on bedrock and the other was on sand, right? Israel has a lot of rocks and it has a lot of sand. It's, it's, uh, it's climate, its area is a lot like Southern California. Southern California is naturally a desert, but, and so you get, we have our rocks 
and it has sand. So that's what it had, and you don't build on sand, right? Two results, one stood firm, and the other came crashing down. Were the elements at the two houses faced any different? No, they weren't. They both faced the wind, the rain, the floodwaters. So how do we build our life on the rock? And I'm not talking about the one who asks if you can smell what he's cooking, right? Not that rock. We need a solid foundation. For a solid foundation, our work is in listening. His work is in speaking. Jesus reminds the people as he starts that last, that talks about this at the very end. He says, anyone who is listening to my teaching, anyone who listens to my teaching, he had been speaking for a while, so he's asking the question of who was listening, truly listening. Friends, he's still speaking to us today. And that question still is to be asked, who are we listening? Jesus wants us to hear. He is speaking. He wants us to hear. How does he speak? There's a variety of ways, but I think there's two that are very key. One is he'll speak through the word to us, and the other is that he'll speak through others. When we establish a solid foundation in the word, we're able to, we're able to listen to what he's speaking. As we read the word, as we learn the word, live the word, and love the word, we establish that solid foundation. We're able to listen to it. We're able to get it inside of us and build that foundation. The thing is, is if we don't know the word, then we can't live the word. And if we don't love the word, we won't know the word. So we need to have this love, this passion for the word. It needs to become a part of who we are as we pursue the Lord because he speaks to us through it. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. When we get God's word, when we put it in our life, it guides us, it directs us. In fact, Psalm 119, the chapter as a whole is literally like the ABCs of God's word and its importance in our life, right? We don't pick this up very well, but in, in Hebrew, it's written, literally the stanzas are written with a, a, a literary tool called alliteration. So each stanza is using, starts each sentence with the same letter of the alphabet, then it's the next stanza. So it's like, it's starting all with the A, all with the B, all with the C, all through the alphabet. So literally it's giving them a whole alphabet, a whole, a whole host of reasons of how important God's word is for our life. It's so important to get God's word in our life. Psalm 119 is a great place to remind us of its importance. I joke that, you know, I joke, but I'm serious when I say I think there's four key R's in, in falling in love with God's word. One is you need to read it. Two is I think we need to write it. Three is you need to reflect on it. And four is you need to repeat it. And some of you are going, that's only three R's. I know that I know the W was in there, but I was grew up in school where there are three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Clearly, they didn't know how to spell when they taught us, right? Now, clearly, with arithmetic, they teach Common Core, which is its own host of issues, right? It's from the devil. <laughs> they wonder why we lag behind on math. It's because you're not teaching them math. You're teaching them bad logic. And math is all about logic. There's a right answer and a wrong answer. And if we don't have a right and wrong answer, you're, you're not going to be good at it, right? Math always has a correct answer. It's either right or wrong. Common Core takes you on a long journey. To, that's really a short path, right? You go on a whole adventure. So it's, 
Literally, it's from the devil. Thank the Lord there's some phenomenal teachers who are really bad at common core math, which is code for they don't teach it, right? They teach you a better way of doing it. We need the four R's to read, write, reflect, and repeat the word, get it inside of us. Hearing the word of God will always point us to Jesus and his work. You listen, we listen, because he speaks to us. Jesus speaks to us so often through his word. God will also speak to us through others. Who are the main voices in your life? What are they speaking into your life? It's a good question to ask. When you pause and you have time to yourself, what are you instilling inside of you? What are you putting into the core of who you are? What are their voices? Now, I know you're here today or you're watching online right now because you want to hear from God, and I guarantee you that he will speak through me to you in some way if you have an open ear to what he's saying. Godly wisdom is godly wisdom. Let's get voices of godly wisdom in our life. We need to listen to godly wisdom. When we bought this building as a church, we had a building inspection done on it, which is wisdom, because we wanted to know if there were any issues. If you buy a house, have a home inspection. It's wisdom to know if there's any issues on what might be in that house. That is easy to see. One of the things that was pointed out by our building inspection here was that in this southeast corner, that it's, there was cracking between where the two walls met. There was cracking, one side seemed higher, and they were a little bit concerned about it. So we got godly wisdom, which is code for we paid a lot of money to have somebody give advice on what to do. And the part of what they did was they checked the soil because they're worried that maybe there's something wrong with the foundation. And if there's something wrong with the foundation, there's a big issue, right? Which is why I'm talking about solid foundations. Nothing ended up being wrong with the soil, which is good. And we had another godly voice in our life in our contractor who just said, look, reseal it, keep an eye on it. If they're still separating, then you know you have an issue, right? Check it back on it. There's no issue. We've checked back. Although if there's an earthquake, this side of the room will be joining Jesus a lot quicker, which is why nobody ever sits over there, right? Promise you that's not true. We've had multiple earthquakes. I've been in here for all of them. One of them was during a women's event at nighttime. We had two ladies ministering who were leading it from Tennessee. The minute the earthquake hit, they went running out of the building. They, I don't think they ever came back in the building, by the way. I think they literally ran straight to, to LAX airport to go back home. Building's still standing, don't worry. But you want to be on this side. We need to listen to the right voices in our life, right? We need to listen to the right voices. Friends, I say this because the enemy is constantly looking for weak spots in our foundation. And it starts with twisting words, especially twisting God's word. His plan has been plain from the beginning. He did it with Eve. He said, did God really say, right? He twisted the words. And her foundation wasn't strong enough. He did it with Jesus. He tried to do it with Jesus as well. When Jesus was in the wilderness, Satan came to him and tempted him and gave him bits and pieces of scripture. But Jesus combated it with scripture. The enemy wants to twist words in your ear, friends, because the enemy is probing by doing that, and he's trying to see if there's any soft spots in the foundation, and then if he finds it, he's coming out with a jackhammer to take down everything else. That's how he works. John 10.10 says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? He wants to do all that in our lives. But I, referring to Jesus, have come so that you might have life and have it 
more abundantly or to the max. He wants us to have that life now. The enemy wants to do the opposite, wants to take it away, destroy it, keep us from it in every, in every single way, which is why we need to have a strong foundation. We need to be solid in his word. We need to listen to his word and listen to godly voices in our lives. Amen? Second thing is our work is in obeying. His work is in transforming. Jesus didn't say that anyone who listens to his teaching, he said, he added, and follows it. There's an action point on there that we have to listen and follow it. If it was just about listening, then, then our lives would just be transformed by listening, but listening doesn't transform our life. Putting action to it is what begins to transform our life because we're saying we trust you God, and what you're going to do. When we obey, we're, we're saying, God, we trust you. You're going to take care of this. You're going to take care of this. There is no DIY in life transformation, friends. It's all H-I-M. It's all him. We cannot do it on our own. We cannot do it on our own. So often, uh, nearly every year, my wife and I will do a project on our house I used to do a little bit more of the DIY, DIY projects. In fact, when we lived in our Diamond Bar condo, one time, one of the projects I did was laying the floor in our downstairs area. So I, I worked hard all day, laid the floor, did the best that I could. I'd never done it before, but I did the best I could. And you know what? At the end of the day, I knew like, yeah, I did my best, but it's not perfect, right? That's what typical DIY is, right? You could admit it, man. You could admit, so my wife is so gracious, and she just would ask a question, hey, what do you think about that? And kind of point to areas where it was bad. It was bad, I'm like, oh yeah, I did my best, honey, what do you want me to do? It's in, it's in, it's in, you gotta live with it now. So she's very gracious in how, how she would ask me about it, and I now, uh, I've learned that, you know, that gracious way of asking the question is, typically the code for like, yeah, we need, to do, we need to do this the right way next time. Anyway, so that, that place ended up having a small water leak, which destroyed the floor. The floor had to get replaced by insurance. And then when the flooring, the professional came in, he had measured, he had looked around, and finally he just said, who did your floors? Who did your floors? And then he kept going. He said, the quarter round's wrong there. There's no transition piece there. It didn't go to the edge there. I'm like, yeah, they're, they're getting fired. I'm never hiring them again. <laughs> and it's funny because we can do DIY projects and we know about that, yet we try to do the DIY project of our life and we try to hide those things. Try to hide it with furniture, blocking that place where the flooring didn't reach the edge. I try to hide the no transition piece by the sliding glass door outside with the curtain. I knew about all the issues. I knew about them, but I try to hide them. But that's what happens with DIY, spiritually speaking, is that we try to hide the things. God knows about each and every one of them. He wants to transform you. He might wait, let the water leak come before you let him say, let's do this the right way. Let's show you what this really should look like, right? There's no DIY for life transformation. I've learned now I need to stay in my lane, which is I'm gonna hire somebody to do the things the right way, right, on projects. We do it out of devotion. In fact, we did our concrete, and in our concrete, you could put the picture up. We put 
we wrote the phrase, uh, we wrote the passage of uh, the reference to Joshua 24, 15, which says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I stayed in my lane. I, I wrote the check for it. You know, if I did the concrete, it would have been lumpy, discolored, draining towards my house, would have needed to be ripped out pretty quick. And I, that passage reminds us as a family, is literally in concrete, that we are going to serve the Lord. Doesn't matter what anybody else does around us, we're going to serve the Lord. So as my kids are outside and playing, they could see it. As they come back years from now, they can see it. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's part of the concrete, that foundation now. That foundation now. Our solid foundation of our lives, we need to have a commitment to it, right? We need to be committed. We need to be devoted to it. We're, our responsibility is obeying. He's going to transform it. Here's one of the problems we face is that we can often have concrete hearts and soft faith, but God wants us to have soft hearts and a concrete faith, right? It is good. I wrote it down twice in my notes. <laughs> The problem we have is that we can have concrete hearts to his work and soft faith so we don't withstand anything. But God wants us to have soft hearts that he could transform in a concrete faith. Amen. We can train our minds, right? But God transforms our heart. There's no such thing as self-help Christianity, right? We can train our minds to align it with God's word, but we need to let him transform our heart with his word, right? We can't do it on our own. That's what it's all about. We cannot do it all on our own. There's right steps we can take, but God's the one who does the work. He's the one who forgives us. He gives us the grace. We don't deserve any of it, but he's done it. Our obedience needs to be wholehearted as well. And I know this series, we want to talk about healthy relationships. And this is where I want, I want to point to Deuteronomy 6 and verses 4 through 9 and uh, just share a little bit about some tips as a parent that I have. One of them, which I'll get to, is don't mess up your kid's birthday while they're in church service because they will never let you live it down, which happened every other service. Anyway, let me read, the, let me read it, and I'll get to, you'll understand that point in a second. This is what is written. It says, it's called the Shema Israel. Shema means hear or listen. Listen, O Israel. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone, right? No other gods. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. So there's a strong theological declaration of faith right there. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. Sounds a lot like what Jesus was asked. What is the most important commandment? What do you think it is? Jesus would respond to questions oftentimes with questions to see what people thought. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and strength. It's the first and greatest commandment. That's right. You're doing it well. Well, what else? Love your neighbor as yourself, right? So there you go. That's where it's based out of. And you must commit yourself half-heartedly to these commands I'm giving you today. Oh, oh, yeah, wholeheartedly. Good. I was just seeing if people were paying attention. You must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands I'm giving you today. Wholehearted devotion. Then he goes on. It says, repeat them again and again and again and again. And again, and again to your children, because you have to tell them over and over and over and over, as any parent knows. You tell them all the time, I've already told you that. I've told you this before. How many times have I said it? This is for the hundredth time I've told you that. But you need to repeat them. 
right? But this is not, this is about something that builds a solid foundation into them. This is not a nagging. This is building a foundation. This is the way, this is God's best way for somebody's, for our life. This is how we're going to do it, and this is why. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road. When you're driving, turn off the radio. You'll be surprised at what conversations you can have with your kids. It's a helpful tip. Try it. Most of what's on the radio is not helpful anyway. When we are going to bed, right, that bedtime routine becomes really important. And when you're getting up, sometimes the only time you have with your kids might be that breakfast time until later on in later on that night, right? Uh, tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. My kids gave, us, gave me a little bit of feedback of what they'd want to tell parents about raising their kids. This is what they said, right? So here's some kid wisdom. One is have some one-on-one -on -one time with your kids. I have five kids, so it's very important for them, and they remind me of it. Two is make your expectations clear, and that was in reference to chores, which if you manage people in a business, that's a good thing to remind yourself of managing people. Make your expectations for their role and responsibility clear, right? Third one said, was told, play with your kids, right? Just be active, be involved with your kids. With a sub-point that says, that, that was to me, but it is also to dads, it says, dads, you got to game by yourself sometimes, right? So it's like, I'm like, I'm the adult. I could game by myself whenever I want to, but it's nice to hear that you give me the thumbs up to it, right? Thanks, Asher. To be a great family, it says you have to be interested, and I mean actually interested in what your kids do. More wisdom, right? If you have your own interest and you don't really care about your kids' interests, you won't exactly have that friendship you want, right? It's about engagement. Even though the points that I just mentioned that my kids gave to me aren't in the Shema or what the passage we just read, they're essentially part of it, really. It's not just about teaching them, it's about that time you spend with them. And as you spend that time with them, you can teach them and invest into them, right? So I used to go golfing with my dad because I knew that the time was an opportunity to learn, to grow, to just to press forward, right? We do date nights with our kids on their birthdays. And I have it now written down twice on my sheet of paper because I mess their birthdays up at every other service. So on the 11th of the month, I, Arabella will go out with Elizabeth or myself and we'll have a date, date, date night with her where she can, she can, we just get to interact, get to spend that time with her. On the 24th, which is the Amos's birthday during the month and, and the twins, I have it right the service, they're probably watching, checking me, we, we'll take Amos out. Now the twins will probably go down to like the 10th because that was our adoption day with them, but they're too young, they, they, well, they'll get to that point. Asher was born on the 31st of the month, so we take him out at the end of the month, and he always has a plan. It always involves in and out, and yeah, it always involves in and out. That's part of his plan. I totally messed up their birthday, so I'm like, yeah, I think, you know, they're born on the 43rd day of Thor or something like that. As Jim Gaffigan says, you have five kids. You feel like you're drowning. You ask for a lifesaver, and somebody throws you another child. That's what it feels like, right? Can't remember my kids. They're like, that's not my birthday. Arabella's like, did you do that wrong on purpose? I'm like, nope. <laughs> not at all. I just didn't remember at all. But solid foundations require time. We enjoy doing it. We enjoy investing that time into them. They look forward to it. They count on it. When, when I'm in the car, just this past couple, on Friday, I was in the car with Arabella. And in the car with her, I was just sharing. I'm like, hey, Arabella, this is something that I just did. This is why I did it. This is what God has done in 
in, in our life and we're thankful that I, we could do something like that and just sharing and pouring into her because I had that time that I could do with, that, that I was spending with her because I wanted to build a solid foundation in her, her life. We're building into a life, right? We need to obey. We need to obey. The main difference between the wise and the foolish builder ultimately came down to that choice of obedience. They both heard what Jesus said, right? Jesus is saying, you're all gonna hear it. Some of you are gonna obey it, some of you aren't. One obeyed. Are we tuned in to God's instructions? Are we willing to obey those instructions that we hear? Or is his voice in our lives kind of like a radio station that we've been dialed into and then as we've gone on our own way, it gets fuzzier and fuzzier until we can't hear it anymore. It's all staticky. We need to get it back to crystal clear. It's never too late, by the way, to establish a solid foundation. It's never too late. You can do it here today. It doesn't matter if you have young kids, you, you, where you're at in life, you can establish a solid foundation starting today and let God transform your life. We want to establish those solid foundations with our children, which is why we invest into our kids' ministry and our youth area with Beyond. We're looking forward to seeing the lives that will be transformed. And we know that as we invest into that, that they're going to bring friends and their friends are going to come to know the Lord and it's going to transform families because these kids are going to become on fire for the Lord, right? And even though Proverbs 22, 6 says, direct your children onto the right path and when they are older, they won't leave it. These kids are going to come to know the Lord and bring their parents along on it. And we're going to see these different men and women, these families here in the church over the next months and years and get to see God do that transforming work. That's just such a good passage. You know, that passage is all about the path, the pathway that we're on, you know, and I just think of that passage now as this is the way, right? We all need a good Mando and Grogu picture. Aaliyah, one of my twins, I was wearing a Grogu shirt because I only have cause shirts and Star Wars t-shirts all I have and so I was wearing one and was getting her out of bed after nap time and she's like baby Yoda baby Yoda I'm like I don't even know how she knew who it was but she she knew she was nailing it she's right on it's never too late to establish a solid foundation our work is listening his work is speaking our work is obeying his work is transforming friends it's not a question of if the rain is going to come, if the wind's going to come, if the floodwaters are going to come in our life, it's a question of when, right? It's a question of when. Maybe some of you have already gone, gone through experiences where it's like, yeah, it's hit. In my life crashed. I was built on sound, but now I'm built on the bedrock of Christ. You know, that's called a testimony of what God's done. You're here because of that transformative work already. And it's a powerful work. And it's one that I know you get to share about what God has done in the lives of others. Some of you have been built on the bedrock of Christ for a long time, and I want to continue to encourage you, let your heart be soft, right? Let your faith be concrete and begin to transform. Let God transform you and impact generations to come. But some of you, you're here today and you're built on the sand, and you might be feeling some of the, some of the elements, the wind, the rain, the floodwaters. You might be feeling some of the pressure, and friends, your, your house, it's going to crash. It's going to happen. And, you know, God's not trying to, he's not mad at you. He's mad about you. He wants you to build your life on his foundation, upon his rock. We all need to ask the question, what is my life built on? 
The thing about the foolish builder is that he sought to do it on his own. He chose the sand even though there was bedrock available. He was confident in his ability despite the known instability of sand. He trusted in that which was untrustworthy. We all know sand castles don't last. Even amazing ones crumble. Friends, have you built your house on the rock or on the sand? I want you to know that you can make the choice today to build your life, your house, upon the bedrock that's Christ. All you need to do is turn your heart towards the Lord. Romans talks about if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that, that Jesus is Lord and that God rose him, raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's, what it, that's the starting point of it, right? That's the starting point. And what I want to do right now with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed and just in the privacy of the moment, I want to let you reflect. Have you built your life on the rock or on the sand? And as you ask yourself that question, for those of you who are willing to say, I've built my life on the sand, I want to ask you, are you ready to build your life upon the rock that's Christ? Even if you're watching online, the same question applies to you. And if you say, I've built my life upon the sand, I want to build my life right now on the rock of Christ, what I want you to do is raise your hand right now so I can agree with you about the transformative work that God's going to do starting here today in your life. So if that's you, go ahead and raise your hand. I see your hands. Thanks for listening to this message from The Cause Church. For more information about The Cause or for further resources, visit our website, thecause.cc or call 714-255-0930.